everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Another uh, little special announcement. This is part two of an interview I did with our friend Brent from the Home Video Hustle. And I started this right as his girlfriend, The Spirit, joined us. Uh, she happened to be, I think she was sleeping the whole uh, the first two hours of our conversation. She came in and uh, we ended up talking for about another hour and a half. So uh, here is uh, my uh, discussion with The Spirit. Uh, we had a lot of, we had a really good conversation, covered a lot of uh, more serious topics than in the in the first half, but I think it was a good conversation. I definitely enjoyed it, and uh, don't worry, we I still make terrible jokes, so uh, enjoy. There is no uh, real start to this, kind of starts at an awkward spot, because I had to trim the last episode down, so we started in, in mid-conversation, so uh, Enjoy. From the Los Angeles Underground, it's time for your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex. It's like honey in your ear holes. We'll take a short break. We'll be back with hour three of uh, no. Sorry, uh, go watch Do the Right Thing and come back. Go right, do the right thing and come back, and we're going to talk about Dan Aiello and his two sons, <laughs> his two knucklehead sons. Uh, that, I showed that to the spirit for the first time. She had never seen. She had never seen it. What did she think? It. She's almost as bad as PJ sometimes. It's like, you ain't never seen that movie? But she was like, PJ was sheltered from a lot of stuff, so she didn't get to see a lot of movies. Yeah, did she enjoy it? Oh, hell yeah. We watched it multiple times. Well, what's amazing to me, what, what's amazing and sad watching it now is like, oh, nothing's changed. Like, nothing's changed from the time this movie yeah, came out. Yeah, that's you know? the thing. <laughs> you know, and so you watch it, and it's kind of cool because it's a snapshot of, of a time period. Like, the, the 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 clothes the music everything it is 1989 right and then but then you go oh we're these are the same problems that we have like this is nothing's changed so it it's it kind of makes things. you can go back to movies from 79 69 and it's all still the same even in the heat of the night watching that that's from like 68 or 9 i think it has a lot of same shit yeah yeah you know i, I watched uh i you know we watched grapes of wrath on the on the podcast and i was like oh it's mm-hmm. like it's like great depression. It's like, yep, poor people still getting screwed like that. So, yep. nothing's changed, you know. But uh, <laughs> we're not going to end on a downer like that. Don't worry, guys. We're going to bring nah. it back up. Uh, so you're going to recommend you're going to recommend the Jack Ryan show. What yeah, everything if, everything we just talked about too. Like, <laughs> what if that was the name of the show? Like it was a variety show. The ja- ladies and gentlemen, the Jack Ryan show. I mean, it's pretty much it's called Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan. <laughs> That's the name of the show. <laughs> he just comes out and fights terrorists, like, right? There you go. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I, mean, I was watching it because uh, I didn't think the spirit would be interested. So I was watching it downstairs. But eventually she was like, hey, why don't you come up here? I was like, all right. So I came up there and I turned it on. And then she actually got into it. She finished watching that whole first season with me. She was liked it too. So. Okay. I'm going to check it out. I, I, I wasn't sure about it. And I was waiting for somebody that I know is like, okay, you know, but most of the people I know aren't going to watch a show like that. But I like the Jack Ryan. Yeah. I like the character. I know the character. So. So is it does it go back and show like how he got started out? Is that what it is? It's pretty much like if you want to look at in terms of the film universe, it's a prequel to like because he's like young and he it shows him like actually meeting up with uh, Greer for the first time and everything. Oh, nice! Who's playing Greer? Oh, what the fuck is his name? I can't think of his name. He was a black dude from The Wire. He was like his, his partner. You ever see? The oh Wire? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, oh, he's a good actor too. I know who you're talking about. Um, he's kind of like a heavier guy. 
Yeah, and, yeah, that's yeah. He's the one playing. Yeah, yeah, he's the coolest. Uh, I can't think of his name. He uh, he swears so easily in the wire too. He's it's like he a, does it a lot in this in this show too. Okay, cool. That's cool. okay. So it's going back to his early days, like right out of the yeah, academy. Like, he's like super Boy Scout. Everybody makes fun of him, causing like at one point somebody gave him like the little Boy Scout little knife or whatever the fuck it's called. Oh, that's cool. All right, yeah, because I thought uh, I like Patriot Games a lot. Uh, that's a I love really that movie. That's a really well done movie, and uh, that's another one we were talking about. We saw Witness, and we were saying like Harrison Ford when he has to act sometimes. Uh, people forget that he can actually kind of act, and in that one. It's not quite an action movie. There's a lot of mo- moments where he's really having to, um, you know, deal with some stuff. So that whole. That's kind of how Patriot Games is, too. Clear Present Danger was always more of an action movie to me, whereas Patriot Games was kind of like just more like suspense drama type thing. Mm-hmm. But it's good. It's really well done. Uh, who, was oh, the, yeah. who was the director? Was it. Uh, who did oh, that? Philip Noyce? Was that. Was it Philip Noyce, yeah. It was Philip Noyce, right? Yeah. I think both of them, I think. Yeah, he had a good. He, he it takes. He, it's hard to pull those movies off and make them because uh, they wanted to be a little bit more realistic than like James Bond. You know, it wasn't like a James yeah, Bond. Yeah. He was supposed to be a guy that was a little bit in over his head. You know, but yeah, he gets his ass beat a lot. In those movies he too, does. Young dudes. He does. He does. Sean Bean really puts him through some uh, through some 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 work, but. Uh, yeah. I was watching the little behind the scenes thing on Clear and Present Danger. There's a scene where he gets into a fight with a little young army dude on the street. And I remember Harrison Ford said he went to the director and was like, yo, this guy like 20 years younger than me. I would not be able to whoop his ass. We <laughs> need to rethink this scene. But, and that's cool for Harrison Ford to think like that instead of being having an ego and saying, oh, yeah, I can kick this guy. You know, that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool, and you think you'd be like your boy Tom Cruise, he like five foot whatever, and beating up seven foot dudes with ease. <laughs> well, I thought it was kind of cool in Clear and Present Danger and that one, because in Clear and Present Danger, at the end, uh, he's really running for his life. Really, he's not. It's not like yeah. he's. It's yeah. not like he's a bat, and he's screaming for the helicopter to come. He can't wait for that mm-hmm. helicopter to get him out of there. So, I always thought that was an interesting uh, character for him to portray, uh, to portray because he's not like a total badass, you know. He's smart, mm-hmm. but he's not like a, he's not a field guy, you know. And he keeps getting suckered into going out. So, but yeah, definitely check out Hunt for it October. I can't wait for you guys to do it on the on the podcast. Yeah, I'm gonna wait for the podcast to do it, but we will probably. I'm sure this year we'll get to it. We're sometime. gonna <laughs> we're gonna get to Torque, so don't you worry about that. You know what movie somebody gave us on Patreon that we have to watch now, and I should get you on to talk about it. What's that? Hook. That's one of our Patreon movies. <laughs> Listen, the people on this show, I have sworn that Hook will never be done on this show. However, I did not say anything about being a guest on another show and talking about my, because I will be able to get on your show and just rant about that movie. So I feel like I'm. I feel like it's a safe space for me. So there you go. Yeah, you, I'm pretty probably. Damn, I can't talk. I'm pretty sure I'll probably be on your side anyway. Oh, that's a rough one, man. Be Pe- me, me and you versus the spirit and PJ because that's more their territory. People forget <laughs> Spielberg had a weird like like when he he had so in the 80s he did uh, like the, he did all these movies in the 80s, right? He did Indiana Jones, and so in between he did Indiana Jones, he did Temple of Doom, and then he did Color Purple. And people were like, oh. It was a weird mix. Yeah, and then people were like, oh, yeah, he he can do a serious movie, right? He People mm-hmm. for, kind of forgot. He could, he'd done Sugarland Express. And he, so people kind of forgot, okay, he's not just like this action guy. You know, 
Color Purple was like he, it was a huge movie, you know, go, you know, Oscar nominated all the stuff. Still then, never seen that movie. Then he does. Uh, I don't know how you how you. I don't know what you would think about it actually. I got kicked out of class when we tried to when they showed us in school. So <laughs> what happened? How'd you get? I, I was laughing at it and got kicked out. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of hard sometimes. <laughs> That's funny though. You just start busting up. There was a scene where motherfucking Danny Glover was like, "Yo, give me some lemonade," and then I forget who it was. It might be Whoopi Goldberg or somebody was like, brought it to him, and he barely touched it. He's like, "It ain't cold enough," and I don't know why, but I laughed so fucking hard. <laughs> <laughs> and it was to the point where they was like, "Get the fuck out, baby!" Don't They're like, in the hallway. "Brent's gonna be a problem. We got to take Brent out of here." Uh, <laughs> you know, then people. Uh, well, because you know you're supposed to be serious in those movies, right? It's like on the Seinfeld when they were they're like, "You made out during Schindler's List." You remember that when they got mad at, at Jerry for making out during Schindler's List? I've only seen one episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> oh, it's uh, it, it it you either like it or you don't. Two but episodes, I'm sorry. <laughs> there, there's, I remember there was an episode he got in trouble because he went on a date and made out during Schindler's List. And uh, it, it got back to like his parents, all this stuff. Everybody was was mad at him for making out during Schindler's List. Um, so after what we say, oh, so after Color Purple, then he makes um, he made Empire of the Sun in there, right? I think Never that seen. was that was in the eighties. Not super. I don't think that did very much business. Then he did Indiana Jones, but then he did another movie called Always. Um, don't even know that. That was with uh, – it was a remake of an old movie, and it's about a guy that dies. It's basically Ghost. It's like a pilot who dies. It was Ghost but without the pottery scene. And then uh, <laughs> and then he did a hook in there. So he had a really – like the late 80s were not a good time for Spielberg. He, except people, for the Indiana Jones movie. Except for, the, like. except for the, uh, the Last Crusade, yeah. He had a stretch of about three or four movies that did not do very well, and yeah, then one I've never even heard of. So <laughs> yeah, and then he did. Uh, then he did comes back with like Jurassic Park, and then you know you know like the one two. Then he's back. You know, it's like so um, people kind of forget that there was that weird period, and that's the period that he made Hook in. And so <laughs> I'm just like, this is not a good era for him, and it's I don't care about Peter Pan. I never have ever. No, me neither. I yeah. only like the Disney cartoon. I tried to watch the Disney cartoon again. And I was like, man, this is really not appropriate. <laughs> no. Oh, Brendan is uh, on his like letterbox page. He started, I don't know where exactly he started. He's been going through watching all the old Disney shits and every review is just like, yeah, there's some racism here. And it's like, you think? <laughs> oh, there's a lot. There's a lot. Lady and the Tramp, all, all that stuff up until like, I think finally around, the sixties they get they finally figure out like, oh, maybe we shouldn't be doing these kind of uh caricatures. Like right around hundred and one Dalmatians, they kinda they kinda figure it out that they shouldn't be doing that anymore. But mm -hmm. uh people forget it's come to a point where like, hey, we shouldn't be racist no more. Yeah, people forget, <laughs> man. Some of that some of that some of those old Warner Brothers cartoons and stuff, there's a lot of especially stuff to me oh, during some the of them old Bugs Bunny ones, man. I've seen clips, I'm just like, Phew, Yeah. Man. And that sucks because I like I like those. You know what I mean? It's like, man, why is it something I like? You know, it's funny because some of that stuff, like you buy on DVD now, that has like a little warning at the front, like, hey, we're going to play this uncut, but just know that we ain't about this shit no more, basically, to paraphrase. Yeah. And, and some of the cartoons they showed on them DVDs, I remember watching on Cartoon Network, like, they didn't want no warning, they just played them. I'm like, I remember this shit. Yeah, of course. Yeah, there's, and there's serious, like, you know what? Where's my warning? How come I don't get that in front of a Speedy Gonzalez cartoon? They still let those Man. go. Man. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's okay. You know why? Speedy Gonzalez always wins. So we're okay with it. We're like, all right. True. <laughs> <laughs> he always wins. So we'll, we'll put up with like the, the his cousin, Slowpoke Rodriguez. And like, it's like, oh man, this is so bad. But I'll still. Stuff be- as a kid, of course, you're not really looking at it, but as a dog, you see that shit. And it's just like, oh my God. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> this was all right back then. What the fuck? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Uh, sometimes you'll sneak it into, well, we just, like we said, we watch trading places and we forgot that there's a whole man. scene where, you know, you're watching this movie. You're like, man, this is great. Look, Eddie Murphy's so good. You know, mm-hmm. you're watching the whole movie. You're like, this is ahead of its time. You know, this could be now, this could be a modern story. They could re, you know, you could drop this movie right now and it'd be the same. And then you get to that scene. You're like, why is Dan Aykroyd in blackface? I don't understand. Uh-huh. And, it's just like we talked about similar. We talked about that with Pulp Fiction. There's certain movies where it's like, they're so good. But then there'd be one point where it's like, what the fuck did you do that? Because in Pulp Fiction, you know, your boy, Quentin Tarantino, repeatedly dropping the N-word. It's like, we were fine. Rubbed. Why the fuck did you do that? And then you wrote it and you're doing this. So you wanted to say that shit, didn't oh, you? Exactly. It was like, it was like his way of, of getting See, that's why I'm hot and cold. I mean, I under, I appreciate Quentin Tarantino as far as he makes movies that don't necessarily other, other directors don't make, right? You feel like you're going to watch mm-hmm. you're going to watch it, you're going to see something that you haven't seen, right? You know yeah. you're, you're going to go for a ride. It's like it's like the movies at their best, but then he always manages to throw something in there. Like, did you see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I have it, but I haven't watched it yet. It's in the, it's in the pile. <laughs> okay, I, when you're done with it, I want to I want to talk to you about it because there's a scene in there that okay. just that just kind of like, and it wasn't straight up. It wasn't straight up. It wasn't as bad as him straight up dropping the end bomb, right? But okay. it's still like, mm, and it, it and it it you'll 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 know you'll know right when it is. We'll talk. Well, about I believe it. it. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it because you're like you know. I think we talked about it on the podcast too, but. That's what's hard about him is like there's always something where it's going to be like, oh, mm-hmm. why did you? Yeah, I feel like he wrote it so he feels like he has license to say it. But you know what? It's not. We, we you and I talked about this on an episode before. Like that's mm-hmm. not that I've never felt comfortable. That's not my word. I don't. And you know what I mean? If I'm if I'm mm-hmm. if I'm singing along with like if I'm rapping along with something, I'll just skip the word. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> Cause it's just not. I that, never understood. We talk about that all the time. It's like I don't see the. the is there like a thrill? Is it like an adrenaline rush? Like I'm gonna say it and see what happens. Like no, don't do that. Yeah, that's for, like Russian roulette. Like you are gonna put the guns in your hand, keep pulling the trigger, stop. You don't know what's gonna the, happen. The only that person might not say nothing, but that person over there might whoop your ass, bro. You don't know. The only time <laughs> it's ever worked in a movie for me, like that's like a modern. So like, let's say like you're saying it in, in Blazing Saddles, right? It's like that's the yeah. whole. That's the whole point of the movie is that you're dealing with all these ignorant. You know what I mean? Like that's the, I love that movie too. That's the point of the movie is like, like you uh, and so. But uh, the only scene I, that it ever really made me laugh is because they they set it up well was in Rush Hour, was when Jackie uh, Chan repeats because he goes just repeat what I say and it's like that's the only way I've ever because you know Jackie Chan is not that way, right? Yeah, he ain't that type of dude. <laughs> yeah, he's not that type of dude. So it's like. It's like it worked in that scene, but I was like, other than that, it's very, it's always very touchy where I'm like, mm-hmm. if it's somebody that shouldn't be saying it, I'm like, oh no, why is this in here? Or why? Exactly. Because mm-hmm. of law on the podcast, it was like, I was with the movie, you why, why did you do that? Now I got to drop your score or something. <laughs> <laughs> now you got me uncomfortable. Now. If you could edit that. I remember that- watching uh, Reservoir Dogs with my grandma because I was high at the time. I like, I didn't, that stuff didn't bother me because I was like, I wasn't really paying attention when I was younger. 
I remember telling my grandma, like, yo, this movie Reservoir Dogs is it's the shit. I love it. You should watch it with me. And it came on TV. And they didn't edit that part out where he's, they drop it multiple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember the moment, the moment that word came out, done, walked out the room, didn't give a fuck about that movie no more. That killed it. She yeah. didn't even want to watch it no more. Yeah. And you under- so, and it's understandable. It's, you know, so I think people need to, I mean, we all know that, I mean, like you said, it, that ruins it. Like Pulp Fiction is a perfect scene, perfect movie, except for that scene, right? Like, yeah, it's the only thing about that was it was gonna get to ten plus, but I had to drop yeah. it to just ten. You can't get the plus with that in there, man. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's <laughs> but like, I still love that movie. I can't front and be like, oh, it's a damn word. Fuck this movie. It's like no, I love that movie, so I'm not gonna drop it like that. But it's like it's still good. But it's like it's not perfect. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then, and it, 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 you're right. If it, it wouldn't be so bad if it wasn't uh, ten times in a row, you know. Exactly, like, he just kept doing it. Yeah, and like, then like the spirit said, then I guess like in a way tried to make himself had to. His wife was black to try, I guess, what soften the blow, I guess, or something. Yeah, which is always like, like nah, bro. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, I guess you, that's the that's the equivalent of I have a black friend, so it's okay. That's yeah, exactly. the that's the equivalent of I have a black a black friend, so I'm, it's it, we're cool. It's like no, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always tell people that I go. You can tell people. I, I don't ever tell people if you say I have a Mexican friend. So I can tell this. I go. Just make sure I'm not that friend because I'm not signing off on that. You know, <laughs> I, I'm not signing off. You're not allowed to say those things because you have a Mexican friend. Like that's. that's exactly. I'm not. I'm not that friend. Hello, spirit. <laughs> she snuck up on you. She is a spirit. She like. She's like a like. She crept up to the mic like a phantom. Uh, yeah. Don't give Brent a heart attack in the middle of the podcast. I get, I get. He does attacks. that to me. He walks so silently, like even our Ninja. wooden stairs. <laughs> he literally can walk up them and not make a sound. Like I was in the bathroom a few weeks ago, just cleaning, and I was getting into my music, singing, and I had my eyes closed because I was filming music, and I opened them, and he was standing there, and I almost <laughs> fell into the tub. Yeah. Those are the best where you don't even scare him. You just stand there. Uh, I, even, I don't even got to do nothing. I just be behind her. All the time. That's he like, did it today in the store. I did do it today. That's right. Oh, that's that's good. See, I'm I'm too big. I can't move like that. But Spirit, I, I understand <laughs> you're a big Jack Ryan fan now. Is that is that true? I'm a big Jack Ryan fan. Yeah, are you? I told you he was watching the show and... Oh, the, uh, the, the agent guy. Yeah. Yeah, the show's pretty dope. I kind of like it. I love that they have... The characters actually speaking like the language of the na- of the nation that they're supposed to be in mm-hmm. or from or whatever. I'm like, yes, give ethnic and bilingual people a job. And they there you make go. the terrorists like generic terrorists. See that she had a whole storyline. Yes, I like that you like. So I read. Have you ever read um? Is this novel called Home Fire by uh, Shamsi? No. But oh, it was. It's pretty much about that whole um I'm type of scenario, like this. This girl's father was a terrorist, and like she didn't really know him much because she he did it when she was little, and then he died, and then her brother ends up getting like pulled into terrorism through like his father's friends who are still alive, and they're encouraging him, and it's, mm-hmm. he tries to like get out of it, but he gets killed by the terrorist group before he can leave, and that's a crazy mess. I'm gonna have to check. It's called Home Fire. Yep, it's a really good novel. That's also the movie South Central versus a movie called South Central that has that exact same plot, but with like gang shit. I was just gonna say <laughs> that's every that's every cholo movie ever, you know. Uh, yeah, 
the blood in, blood out. Yeah. <laughs> American <laughs> Me. Like, uh, hey, I got both of those. Huh? Fire goes off of this, uh, I forget the name of it, but it's a Greek mythology story. And there's like a whole issue with getting his body back home and all different types of stuff. Like there's a lot of twists and turns. And That's, See, I need yeah. a book to read. I'm going to check that out. Home Fire. Thanks, Spirit. Look no at that. Problem. Like, like I'm going to start calling her Angel because she just appeared like an angel. And hey. like, ding. Hey. Like a, she just put the little the little magic wand down and ding, there you go knowledge ding and then so now I've got that to check out. But I want to check out the Jack Ryan show. I was just waiting for people to recommend it. So now we got the Spirit and Brad signing off on that. Ask Ask Spirit how long she thinks we've been recording. How long do you think we've been recording? She trying to look at the timer. I'm not gonna move the mouse. She can't see the timer. You can't cheat. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with probably close to an hour and a half. No, <laughs> double, no. double that. Three homie. hours. On my computer it says two hours thirty four minutes. Oh my god, we, you guys! We got two twenty two twenty five on the actual show. Three. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we started late, so yeah, about two and a half hours now. See, like the thing is, Brent doesn't talk at all in public. <laughs> like I might like. Most of my family thinks that Brent doesn't like them for some reason because <laughs> I don't like, talk to him constantly. He, no, he doesn't say anything. Like unless you speak to him, and then he'll give you a couple words. But on the podcast, that's where he lets. Like, yeah. He says that I talk a lot, but he talks a lot. Well, one second, because I hate inane ass conversation. It's like, hey, how did you see the game or how's the weather? It's like, no, but if you want to be like, hey, you see Paul Fitch, it's like, yo, yeah. Because they're trying to get to know you. You got to get, you know, break the ice with the small talk to get to know. Tomorrow, you know what it is, right? You know, you just walk into room, get ahead, nah. Like, that's that's high. Yeah. You know what's funny? Yeah, my my wife is the same way, Brent. She does not say a lot, and for a long time when we were dating. People will go, I don't think your girlfriend likes me. I'm like, she likes you. She's just quiet. It's fine. You know, she'll, you, if she doesn't like you, you will know. So, exactly. Yeah. Like, if they believe, that's why I tell her, if I didn't like them, they'll know. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I tell them that. But the thing, it doesn't help because Brent has this, like, ice cube mean mug, especially, <laughs> like, on his face. So he'll, like, look angry. And when he's looking angry and quiet, they're like, is he mad that he's here? Like, does he know? <laughs> I mean, he is because he'd rather be at home watching TV because that's, you know. <laughs> He's watching the Criterion Channel. He's missing out. Yeah, he's missing out. Could be watching a samurai movie right now. Hey, but it's well, we're gonna we're gonna cut it at two and a half hours, Brent. So we only went ninety minutes over our initial uh, response. That's that's light work. Our our initial estimation. Yeah, it was light work, (laughs) but it was good to talk to the spirit. Thank you, spirit. Uh, And uh, one day we'll have you on in earnest for the whole. Because we if we start now, forget it. Oh my god. I have to. I have to go. What time is it over there? It's got to be. It's uh three thirty four. Oh my gosh! It's three thirty in the morning. It's got to mean this is early. This is early for me, bro. Yeah, we don't go to sleep till like five or six. Be on They're literally be birds chirping when we on the couch still. We had this. That's like our alarm clock to go upstairs is birds chirping. Yeah, there's, it's like the sun's a, about to come up, and I have a hard time going to sleep when the sun's already up. Yeah, that's why we got blackout curtains. No light. We have those too. <laughs> that's it. It's a way to sleep, especially in the summertime. When it gets hot and that sun's blazing at seven in the morning, uh, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up because uh, Brent, it's been great to talk to you. I'm glad you're doing well, and uh, I'm glad you opened up. You know, I'm glad you opened up because spirit, according to the spirit, this podcast should have only gone like 15 minutes. The head nod. <laughs> I'm saying if you had like she hadn't said nothing about the time, I bet it probably would have went longer. I was just going to ask you, I meant to ask you guys, this was about the time you were going to be heading out this way, right? Originally. 
it would have been like it was gonna be May 9th. May 9th. It would have been yeah, like the two weeks or something. Dang. Yeah, okay. You know, she come out there and invade y'all show, but the fucking Rona stopped that. Don't worry, don't worry. We'll we'll re we'll re regroup and we'll you we'll get you guys out here. It'll be fun. Because it's gonna happen. Like, oh, for I'm sure. Those beaches. <laughs> I'm coming for the food. No. I'm coming to see what Cali life is like. We're yeah, gonna take you. We're gonna take you to okay. all the. Uh, we're gonna take you to all the restaurants that are questionable because that's where all the food is. We're <laughs> gonna go to. We're gonna go oh, to. Yeah, that's how it is. The ones in the hood are always. Oh, the best. of course. Exactly. We're gonna, we're gonna go to all the questionable neighborhoods, and we're just gonna have a good time. And uh, and uh, you, you guys, it'll be fun to. Ch- we were really, me and my wife were really looking forward to you guys coming out here. And I know everybody on the podcast was excited too, but it'll happen again. We're not going to let it stop us. Um, you know, we can't. Give, give me more time to get PJ to come too. He was he was like, oh man, if you would just been a few more months, well, you got like a year probably now. That, yeah, now and you get you know, ready. Well, the, the and thing is, time to get my beach body and shit. Well, hopefully, what'll happen too is by the time all this is over, the airlines will be so desperate to get people going that they'll they'll be dropping fares and stuff like that. So hopefully. Uh, it'll, oh, that's, that's what we hoping for with the housing market. Like, let that shit crash again so we can get a house with like a cool like fifty stacks or oh something. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I mean, you know, in this time, I, it's 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 a weird time. We don't know any. We don't know what's gonna happen. Um, so that's true, man. you know, it, it could be, you know, like I was saying, it could be all corporate. This could be demolition, man, because those are the only companies that are gonna survive are the big corporations. You know. So. Everybody walk around in Taco Bell with disinfectant injecting into their arms or microchips and shit. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> if I have to eat Taco Bell on the regular, I will die. I, I can't. Well, that's the bad thing. She pretty much makes me do that now because she loves Taco Bell. But that, 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 not that shit in that movie, but though. They was eating like one nacho though. with some ketchup on it or something. This like, is no. the thing, though, Mario. <laughs> like, I love Taco Bell, but I also recognize that authentic Mexican food is far away. Way better. Superior. Oh, no. Of course it is. But let me tell you, there's a, we, have a, we have a chain out here called Del Taco, and it's. it's mm. uh, it, out here, the question is Del Taco or Taco Bell. So if I have to eat imitation Mexican food, I go Del Taco <laughs> over Taco Bell, and here's why. Del Taco uh-huh. sells a burgers also, but it's mostly tacos. Oh, but they sell fries. So as a Mexican-American, I, if I get a burrito and fries, I feel like it appeals <laughs> to me. It, it, I feel like they've got it. They've got a lock. And also, they carry Coke Zero and not horrible Pepsi products. So hey. I got Baja Blast though. Uh, I've never, I've never had that. You've never had it, Mario. You have to. Okay. Listen, you need to go. Don't get that man a stomach ache and get a Baja Blast. What is a Baja <laughs> Blast? It's the Mountain Dew. Oh, Spirit, look, I'm a minority. So what does that tell you? I have diabetes. <laughs> I have diabetes, right? Yeah, they, so, they got like <laughs> they got, zero. They got yeah, I was gonna say they got zero. Oh, now. they did just bring that out. You're it's right. in the store. You gotta go to the store though. You can't get it from from Taco Bell. You gotta go to the store and get Mountain Dew Zero. Damn, now I gotta go. Spirit, why did you come in and you're making me buy things I don't want to buy? Because now I want to be like Mountain Dew Zero. Now I can game all night. See, <laughs> Gamer fuel. See, like I, I'm here to put you onto things. Man, so, well, I've I've, I've enjoyed yeah. listening to your. Uh, awakening as a as a burgeoning movie critic on uh, the episodes of Home Video Hustle, and uh, it is fun to hear you like watch have to watch some of these sometimes. Um, and I'm always when I see some of the movies, I'm like, oh, is Spirit doing this one? Because I really want to know what she thinks about that. So you never disappoint me. I'll tell you that you you never disappoint I, me. I feel like I'm gonna aggravate people because they're gonna be like eventually like for now it's cool because I feel like there's this like 
uh, social justice persona, and then it's like <laughs> now it's gonna be like, yo, she's going on a tangent again. Skip for it. When did she stop talking? Oh my gosh, she's talking about Bernie again. <laughs> It happens. Like we get it. Kill the pedophiles. We get it. <laughs> well, what happens though on the what happens on these podcasts is you start when we did it tonight. We started out talking about one thing. I wanted to get Brent on and find out how he's surviving in the quarantine. We talked about hip hop. We talked about lucha libre. We talked <laughs> about uh, we talked about the Criterion uh-huh. movies. We, yeah, we talked about everything except we spent five minutes on how Brent's doing. Yeah, say five, <laughs> like five minutes of three hours on the main topic. <laughs> Our five minutes. <laughs> That's what we do though when we get together. We like to, we like to talk about because uh, we're kind of the same. We, we're we're cut for the same cloth in a lot of ways, so we have a lot of overlap. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's why I mean when I talk to you and when I talk to Brennan, episodes go like five hours. Man. <laughs> well, I just expect it now. Like I was just because what happened was is earlier I had partake in the um, I partook in the devil's lettuce, <laughs> and I was feeling like I was really gonna take a nap. Uh-huh. But I just became paralyzed in the bed for like two and a half hours looking at my phone. And then I was just, and then eventually it wore off and I was like, I'm going downstairs. And then I just looked in the corner of my eye and I just seen her staring down me down at me from the stairwell like something from the exorcist or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> that little face that pops up right now. Oh, know? man. Don't even get me started. <laughs> remember, oh, I, forgot, remember, I forgot you fuck with that movie. <laughs> oh, remember. I, hey, listen. I grew up Catholic, so to me, The Exorcist is a documentary. So don't even get me started on that movie. Um, I've had, I've literally had someone try to perform an exorcist on me when I was younger. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> Bruh, I wasn't even possessed. This is just what crazy, like, radical Christianity does to people. <laughs> they do the thing where they, like, hit, they, like, fling their jacket at you and you, like, fall over. No, like, they're throwing water at me and speaking uh, tongues at me. And I'm like, I'm not fucking possessed. I'm pissed off. There's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work. Good. I mean, you know, that's, that means, you know, that means it's good. There, there was nothing come out. Nothing coming out. Well, that means you're good. You're in good shape. Right? Well, now I'm a witch, so I think it just had, like, the opposite effect. Uh, <laughs> well, listen, I don't want to get personal, and I don't want to tell you what Brent told me, but uh, I would not agree that you are a witch. Oh, like a witch witch. Okay. <laughs> that's the kind of humor you, That's the kind of humor you can expect on the superiority complex. Tune in. What were you going to say, Brent? Hey. I was. I saw. It reminded me. I saw this little meme earlier, and they had like a little pastor doing. They said, "Man, I can't wait till the the Rona goes away and the pastors can get back to healing people or something like that." And I remember first I laughed when I read that shit. It's funny how everybody's got a different take on uh, on. Uh, it's like somebody was trying to say, "Well, you know, this is a this is a plague," and I'm like, "And you know, God's judging." I'm like, "Well, you're here too, pal." You know. Exactly. So, you know. You know, it, maybe yeah. it's maybe it's everybody. Instead of pointing some figures, maybe uh, get in there and uh, just do your part and stay home and shut up and don't yeah, go exactly. and don't go protest. Because all these guys, it's you know, those are the people in class that don't stop talking, and then the teacher's just going to keep going. We're never going to we're going to have to keep going over and over. The teacher's never going to stop talking because this kid keeps getting up and mm-hmm. acting the fool, and then next thing you know, we're all in detention. So <laughs> stop it, you jerks. Uh, I'm ready for November. You guys had uh, you guys had some protesters out there. We had some out here. What's yep. funny is out here, and I don't know the, the neighborhood that they were they were protesting out there. Out here, it was like in the in in um, in Southern California. It was in the nice. It was like Huntington Beach, Newport Beach. It was like all the rich people out. You know, the, not rich, but like the upper middle class people out uh, protesting. Duffy, folks, it's like what are you doing? Go back inside, like. 
you guys have these nice houses and mm-hmm. you got you got all kinds of money. Like, why are you worried? Like, there's people literally out mm-hmm. here in L.A. in those new in, in bad neighborhoods in like one room apartments with like uh, no kitchen, but like, a you know, like an electric uh, stove to cook on or like a little electric griddle. They're not made to the stuff's used for making like little, you know, soup, Campbell's soup, not to survive for like six months in there, you know, go back mm-hmm. inside, you jerks. So <laughs> I don't know. It, That's what I was saying. They got all those like doomsday prep, prepper dudes that like, oh, I got all this food. It, we would be able to survive like a whole year. And now that shit actually going down. And it's like after two weeks, they were like, I need a haircut. <laughs> yeah, like here it wasn't like it was a mixture of rich people and entitled. And then it was also <laughs> a mixture of the bumfuck, dumbass Trumpers who, you know, that demographic. I know like, it well. I know it well. It's a hoax. It's a hoax, baby. It's a hoax. It's like the flu. The too. Man, go inside. Just go inside. Uh, yeah, we get we get a. Uh, uh, I want to get the spirit and John together because mm. I feel like that's just like a, a powder keg of just they're gonna feed off of each other, and it's gonna be three <laughs> hours of just like it'll be three hours of just awesome just politics with the spirit and uh, and John Sandy together. That's gonna be good. We're gonna. We're gonna get. We're gonna make that happen. We'll, That's the next quarantine chronicle. Next episode. quarantine. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll get that in before I'm November. We'll get that in before November. You, no- um, you can do like I do with her and PJ. Go back and forth. Where I just lean back on the couch and just let them do whatever the hell they do. I'm here for it. I finished my uh, my finals are all finished on Wednesday. So after Wednesday, congratulations. I'll have my I think week or two week long hiatus. I'll just be like the. (laughs) I'll just be like the scientists in Godzilla. Let them fight. That's what I'll be like. Let them fight. (laughs) All right, we're almost. Is he opposing Houston? Wait, we're only. uh, No, no, no. He's super. He's super. uh, We we end up. What ends up happening on the show is we. He and I will get on a rant about Trump, and then we're like, okay, we gotta. We're talking about movies. Let's cut it back. You know what I mean? Let's. Because for a while, when 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 Trump first took office, we would do a thing called Trump dump, and we would take. And after a while, we were we had to stop because we were just bumming ourselves out. We were really. Oh, so you said it got too depressing. Right? Yeah, it was like, wow, this is really because there was no good time to do it. If we did it at the start of the show, it sucked the energy out of the room. And if we did it at the end, you'd end on a downer. So we're just like, we just got to stop doing it. And so it'll yeah. come up every once in a while. Now um, we'll bring it up. Like obviously during this situation, it's coming up a lot because mm-hmm. we have to talk about it because we're all everybody's calling in and we're separate. So we were like, what are you doing during the virus? And then it always comes up. It'll come up like, but don't worry because, you know, it's all going to disappear one day like a miracle or we'll, you know, say stuff like that or, <laughs> or it's a hoax. And then we end up getting ourselves worked up, but we have to, we have to cut ourselves short. So well, if, they, if they listen to him and inject themselves with disinfectant, we might have to have that many problems no more. <laughs> <laughs> They'll take care of themselves if they do that. Dumb That's shit. it. Like, I, I have, I struggle because like I try to be really liberal very progressive and far left when it comes to my beliefs. And then sometimes I'm just like, just kill them. Like, like I said, if they all start injecting themselves, like he said, and there you go. Somebody, like, just, somebody hmm. said, I saw a comedian online. Somebody posted a clip and it was talking about 
how he was a liberal, but the last thing he wants to see, he's like, what, what people don't understand about liberals is he's like, we like conservative stuff. He's like, we don't hate everything. He's like, like, I'm a liberal. He's like, I don't want to watch a liberal action movie. <laughs> he's like, he goes, he goes, I love action movies. He goes, I want conservatives to make those movies. It's like, I don't want to see the Avengers trying to apply for the UN. I was like, oh my God, that's exactly what it would be. The you UN Security Council. Dawn. Yeah. <laughs> we just watched Red Dawn. Nobody liked mm-hmm. it but me, man. That's like a that's like a conservative uh, fantasy right there, man. None of us have ever seen it before. It you got to watch it. It you you will be, uh, like I said, I grew up in the eighties, so I was like, oh, this is gonna happen. Like we were just waiting for <laughs> we were just waiting for Russians to drop out of the sky at any moment, you know. But uh, <laughs> I literally went to a school at a time where we still had bomb drills, like. Get under the desk yeah, in case. Of, when I was in yeah, in case a nuclear bomb goes. I was like, I don't think mm-hmm. this desk is gonna really help me unless it's made of lead. But uh, okay, <laughs> uh, need that refrigerator like Indiana Jones. Exactly. I work at has a bomb shelter <laughs> in it. So. Oh, like old school. Yeah, like old. Yeah, they were yeah. they were prevalent. So when that movie came out, we were like, wow, this could this could really happen, man. But uh, I got to be ready in case they drop. But yeah, nobody wants <laughs> to watch. Uh, you know. The super huggy action movie. Nobody wants to watch that. (laughs) Did you guys, did I send you the clip of Cute House, Brent? Of what house? It's called Cute House. Did I send you that? I don't think so. It don't sound familiar. I want you in spiritual. It's a weird, it's a little comedic. It's a little short on YouTube. I'm going to send it. I'll send it to you right after the show, but I want you to watch it because uh, it's a weird little short and it goes on a weird little journey, but it's funny because the ending is it's like you'll you'll see what i mean uh that would be like a liberal action movie you'll see what i mean when you see it no. <laughs> but uh i keep trying to wrap it up and then we get on other tangents no yeah that's what we said that's what we said you do the mexican goodbye no, isabella mm-hmm. how many times do i say goodbye in a family thing how long does it take me to say goodbye when we do family stuff no less than half an hour. <laughs> she goes, oh, wh-. she's like, a while. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because you keep talking. Yeah, well, it's the half, that's the Mexican, right? I know. You know, you have your you half have white to, side you, you could go to. You dedicate an hour to say goodbye. Yeah, you got to say goodbye in the room, and then you go around individually and say goodbye. Then you go out to the people. There's always people hanging out on the porch at a family mm-hmm. thing, right? There's always people outside, somebody smoking or they something they don't want anyone else to hear. You say goodbye to them and then you get in the car and then somebody comes up to the car. That's the way you do it. That's yeah. the minority goodbye. And then you're walking out with a plate of every barbecue. Yep, plate of food, right? You get a plate of food and you go. Oh. Yeah. It's different when I visit my white family. Like, we're like, okay, well, it was nice seeing like, you. Bye. Love you. Kiss, kiss. Bye. <laughs> Text me when you get home. <laughs> yeah, you, you walk right out. It's it's weird uh, when we have family things too. Our stuff, you know, it goes late. Nothing, you know, nobody leaves at like seven, eight o'clock, <laughs> right? Barbecues at three. We're gonna be out there till two in the morning at least. Yeah, at least. So we're, this is just for for all you non minority people. Uh, we love you, and we're saying a a minority goodbye, which started at hour two. Hour three is yeah. Is, <laughs> they have two fifty two on my end right now. You know it doesn't. I don't mind. I I'll put this out. I mean I don't care. Who cares? Somebody wants to listen. My wife's gonna listen to this at work, so she'll be happy. This is like her favorite right now. <laughs> She's loving this. So 
She's, I used to worry about episodes being too long. Now I don't care. I'll, I edit it down and wherever it goes down to, if it's two and a half hours, screw it. Why not? I'm gonna I'm gonna edit this. I'm gonna make it longer. I'm gonna add music on the front and the back, so it's gonna be even longer. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, there we there's nothing to edit, and also it's late, so I'm not gonna edit it. Yo, yeah, I feel you on that. Yeah, I'm just like this is a, just a, this is just a regular conversation. They, they don't yeah, have to they, they'll enjoy it. If not, they they'll be all right. Plus, we haven't talked in what <laughs> like we haven't had a serious conversation in uh, in in a while. The last time it's I skyped, while, yeah. I, the last time I skyped you was in 2017. I just that came up. Dang, there you go. But I mean, I know we, we've talked since, but uh, you know, you're busy with the Canadians. You're rubbing elbows with Brendan up there, and you know, what do you need me for? You know, I'm sure if you need, we're trying to, you know, work on our immigration status. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, you, we want to get out of there. Well, don't forget, you, you got to take the Mexicans with you. Who's gonna do the work? That's what I say. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I say. Sounding like Kelly Clarkson now and shit. Oh, God. What? you ever see that clip? No. Oh, she was on that. Was that The View? That was a like Kelly Clarkson. That was uh Oh, no, no. That was uh, the Osborne girl. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. One of them. What did she say? Uh, she uh, she was trying to defend Hispanic people from the whole from Trump, about the Trump deportation stuff. And she was like, well, if you de- deport them all, who's going to clean your toilets? <laughs> and then Rosie Perez was she, like, yeah, Rosie uh, Perez was right there, bro. <laughs> she was like, we do more than just clean toilets, first of all. She's like, oh, yeah. And it was hilarious because she had just left another show because one of her uh, showmates, castmates, whatever, said some racist stuff along the similar lines. And then she went to the view and did the same thing. Did that shit. And then Rosie Preston was like, no, real quick. Like, hold up. And you could hear in the audience when she said that. It was like, ooh. Yeah, uh-oh. <laughs> it, it's hard because, you know, a lot of people have good intentions. And, uh, they, you know, they want to be helpful. And, uh, and, uh, and, and I appreciate that. But a lot of times you got to be careful. <laughs> you say things or what you say because it's uh you could say something like that and i know what she meant like she could have said who's gonna pick your food or who's gonna you know who's gonna do you know because that's our argument out here when we always you know it's always coming up like they just said today we just found out this week that trump's not going to give people the, the people who have are married to an, someone who doesn't have a social security number or who is uh oh, not that, a yeah. citizen uh he's not going to send a check to that household Right. Yeah, yeah, I just I was yeah. reading about that earlier. Yeah, yeah. And so, of course, you know, but we, you know, of course, and we're, you know, and so, you know, we get, we meaning the brown people, we get upset about it, you know, and you know, we mm-hmm. we start talking, and but we always say like, you know, if if they really do ever, if they ever do get their wish, and let's say they kick everybody out, right, it will collapse. Mm-hmm. The, the reason California protects those workers. And like Gavin Newsom is getting sued, the governor of California is getting sued, and it's actually people from a town in in where, where the town where we do the podcast, my hometown of Whittier. Um, there's some conservative Latinos who are are trying to sue because Governor Newsom wants to extend benefits to illegal immigrants, right? Mm. For mm-hmm. you know coverage during you know like unemployment insurance and stuff like that as during should. as they should during the crisis and uh, you know it brings up a lot it always brings up a lot of of difficult feelings but our our our, our go to is always like look one of these days if you really got your wish this the, the reason California protects those workers is because there are so many doing a lot of all the agricultural work out here I mean it's mm-hmm. California provides a fifth of the nation's agriculture on its own. And so you have crops and crops and crops that need to be picked all year long because the weather's always good. Uh, 
And mm-hmm. listen, Americans, and listen, I'm going to put, I'll say it, brown Americans, uh, uh, Americans of color, just Americans in general, we're spoiled, right? We don't want to mm-hmm. have to do that kind of labor. But these people, oh, yeah. these people will come here and do that work and they'll do it without complaint and they'll do a good job at it. And, mm-hmm. uh, but it's, it's like right now we need them. And even now the government's trying to screw them. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's just like that, that this, this administration has w- really been, has really raged war on people of color. And, yeah. and if you can't see that, it's really difficult to try to get people to understand because I've had arguments with friends uh, who, who just say, well, it's, you know, I've even had people say, you know, I've said, well, you know, I, somebody said, you know, Trump's not racist. And I was like, well, tell me why he's not <laughs> racist. They literally said, I said, you said all this stuff about Mexicans. He goes, well, you know, Mexican isn't a race. It's it's a country and it's a culture. And it's so so he can't be racist because he's not talking about a race. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I, like what? I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't. What do you do with that? What, what do you, how do you argue with that? Yeah. My daughter's making a face at me. me. about that so much. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, my daughter's making a face and shaking her head. I'm like, I know, kid. It, trust me. You're in for a long haul. You're in for the long haul. But I'm sorry. I cut you off there, Spirit. You were going to say something. But, like, it just aggravates me so much because, like, America likes to act as though, like, it's moved on from racism. And it's just like, why can't we start at where we are now? And it's like so many people, like, this is the thing that, like, kills me about people's ignorance so much. Like, I had a friend. Um, he was black, and he uh, he has a child with a Hispanic woman. They were together for some years. He didn't even know. Like, me and his, like, his girlfriend had to, like, school him on, like, Mexican history. And, like, it's just, like, America likes to say, oh, well, that was in the past, you know. It, they have to abide by our rules now. I'm just like, the Mexicans are literally the Native Americans that you guys kicked out of their own country, yeah. caught colonized by the by the Spanish, and now you're trying to tell them that they can't come back to their own country that you illegally took because had that been done in today's time, it would have been a huge war crime, and all of Europe would have been attacking you. It would have been World War Three. George Lopez. Stuff, George, just hold it. George Lopez has a great line. He says, uh, we didn't jump the border. The border jumped us. And uh, <laughs> and uh, it's funny because like on my dad's side, my grandpa goes way back. Like our family were here before there was even before the United States, you know, owned. They were called Californios. It was people that were mixed blood, you know, Native American and and people that lived here. And they, you know, Native American, Mexican, and uh, they called themselves Californios because they lived in like that part of Mexico, California. And but going back to what you said about people don't understand that racism is inherent in the, it's in the bones of the country. We had slaves before we were ever a country. Right. Mm -hmm. So that mentality is so deeply ingrained and people don't understand. Listen, Jim Crowism was still a thing when our parents were alive. You know, my dad served in the Korean war. That was the first time ever that it was a desegregated army. And it was the first time that that black soldiers served alongside, you know, white soldiers. It was the first time in combat, you know, because they'd always been relegated to their either their own units or like support units, things like that. That was cannon fodder. Yeah, that was like in 1952. You know, this is like your you know our grandparents were alive at that time. You know, this isn't mm-hmm. we're not talking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. We're talking about you know. Uh, about stuff that happened when my brothers were alive. You know, I was born in 71 
uh, somebody pointed out to me in in my like in this area, and even people think of California as being uh, more liberal, and it is. But my mom couldn't go to uh, her cousins had to go to a different school because they were Mexican. They weren't allowed to go to a school. Like and they were by the time my mom came along a few years later, they kind of relaxed that. But that was like in the 1930s. Mm-hmm. That's not that long ago, you know. My mom's still around, you know. So uh, people think, and then people think there's unfortunate people that think, well, Obama was president, so that's all done now, you know. Did he erase everything? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like we're, we're you know we're all paid up. Our, our dues are paid, right? You know, 400 right. years of slavery, but we gave you eight years with a black president, so. So that's it. And he didn't even do a whole bunch for minorities. I'm, just like, <laughs> that, no. I'm one of the few people. Well, who are he, like, like I love the like, idea of Obama, but when people are like, "Oh, that was like, yeah, he probably was our best president ever," but people are like, "Oh, you have to love Obama because you're black." And I'm like, I don't. Well, here's I the thing. I, I listen. I I liked him just because for me it was a win because, you know. I'm not black, but it's like, hey, this is this is a brown person who's president, you know. So for me, it was mm-hmm. like, and but I have a problem. I mean, I had a problem with his. I know that here's the thing with Obama with me, he sacrificed a lot of you know he he was real strict on, on illegal immigration because that was a deal. he had to make that deal with the devil so that you know what I mean. They weren't going to let him just come in and be and do what he wanted, right? So he had to at least play the mm-hmm. he had to play a part. Like you do in all of politics, and he had to he had to be like, well, I'm going to be tough on immigration because that's what the you know the opposition party that's what they want. So that was one of his concessions was to be. People don't know this. He oh, he actually um, deported more people than George Bush, uh, George W. Because mm-hmm. W was from Texas, and Texas mm-hmm. is a country that be- or not a country. <laughs> I wish it was a country. Uh, I wish it was its own country. But it was a, it's a it's a state that benefits greatly from having a huge influx of labor from Mexico. So George Bush was very very lax on immigration, and then when Obama came in, they kind of wanted to see. They kind of wanted to test him, right? And so he had to be like, okay, I'm going to be tough on immigration and. And so I did not agree with 100, 100% with Obama in any way, shape, or form. Where I agreed with him was his leadership. When something would yeah. happen, we had like a school shooting, and he came out. I never had any doubt that he felt what a tragedy that was. You know what I mean? I never felt mm-hmm. like he was trying to sell anything. I felt like he really he, – here was a guy. He was a family guy. He had two daughters. And when something like Sandy Hook took place – I think he re- it really hurt him that he couldn't mm-hmm. do more, and I think he felt frustrated that he could not do more because of things like the NRA and you know, and Congress mm-hmm. wasn't going to help him. And I, I think he really did want what was the best, you know. But it's hard to do that kind of stuff in eight years too. Eight years isn't that long, mm-hmm. isn't yeah. a long time, especially when you have you know opposition for the last six, where they're just going to not flat out do, they're going to do nothing because you're, and I'll say it because you're black, they're going to do nothing. And, oh yeah. And oh yeah. You can imagine you even there. Exactly. I mean, yeah. and anybody who tries to pretend that that's not behind it, it's like you, like, like I said, they don't want to admit that they want to think we've moved past it. But uh, if you're a person of color in this country, I mean, you see evidence of it all the time. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And so oh, yeah. you bummed me out, guys, because I thought we really. <laughs> <laughs> See, like, I'm, I'm not really upset with him more so for what he didn't do because I understand how much opposition that he 
went through that it made it really difficult. And that's why I explained to people, like, voting is so much more important than just the presidential. It's like, yes. you need to go out there and vote for your local things because it, it all builds up. We live in a, a country where it's supposed to be a system of checks and balances. And if you don't, you know, if you don't have that, the right people in place, you're not going to get anything done because it's just going to be a, you know, a standstill. But my issues were more so with what he did do. I hated that he bailed out, you know, GM and all those uh, motor businesses. I felt like that money should have better gone to the people. Um, I I don't like what he did with Israel. He's funded them more so than any other president did before. And Israel has been committing atrocious crimes. Um, And and I don't like how he handled Syria. I felt like, you know, all that was. Oh, yeah. He was a he he really did bomb a lot of brown people. Obama. He really did. And that's what upset me Mm because I'm just like, like, I don't know. Like, have you ever seen Dear White People? Uh, no, I've seen the Netflix show, but not the movie. Yeah, the Netflix show is the one I'm referring to. Okay, no. The movie's I, great, too. I love both of them. You should see the movie. No, I'm sorry. Let's reverse that. He reminds me of I'm sorry. Let's reverse it. I've seen the movie, not the Netflix show. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, well, you got to watch the uh, the Netflix show. But okay. You got to watch one of them, David. The movie, I mean, Troy, the character, he's kind of like that, you know, your, your black puppet who's really kind of in a lot of these white things that aren't beneficial for the, their own people. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I understand that there are probably things that Obama wanted to do. I think he went into things with a good heart, but I think that when you get caught up in all of it, it's easy to really like lose a lot of what you initially started with. And I think he, he got puppetized a lot. I feel like he just, you know, do you feel like though, do you feel like, and, and like, do you feel like he, he did that? Maybe like he was hard on that part of the world because he had the stigma of, Hey, this is a Muslim that we've elected. And he's maybe trying to like say without saying it, like, Hey, look, I'm an American. Like, like I'm defending America. Do you think maybe he would have gone as hard as he did if he didn't have that going in, like the whole birther conspiracy and all that? Or do you feel like that's just the way he was going to be from the start? I mean, I feel personally that if something that minor is going to affect you and like your, I guess your pride, your ego and your sensitivities is going to let you cause you to kill thousands of people, then you were probably going to do it regardless. Because I mean, I've gotten attacked with that too. I have family who's Muslim. um, And I went through a phase where I studied a lot of religions really deeply trying to figure out what was right for me. And I did, you know, wear hijabs. There are times today where I still wear hijabs and I have... Muslim friends, I've been in the Muslim communities, and being accused of being Muslim or being, I've been called a terrorist. I got called a terrorist by a kid at one of my jobs recently. Oh, yeah. You know, but like, that doesn't make me want to attack Muslim people. It makes me sympathize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was just, I mean, the reason I'm asking is because, like, I feel like more so than any other president, he came into a huge mess, right? And uh, oh, yeah. maybe since like maybe the only other president I can think of in the 20th century would be like Truman after World War Two, because Roosevelt dies in the middle of the war. Right now, you've got the atomic bomb to deal with. You've got to rebuild Europe, all that stuff. And and Obama was kind of in the same boat. Bush left a mess. Um, the economy was mm. tanking, all that stuff. And then it's, uh, you know, I don't believe like I don't think that but I've heard people float that idea that the reason that he was so uh that he was so, you know, that he did the things he did was because he was trying to rectify the fact that 
that people called him. But in my opinion, he doesn't seem like that guy that would let that bother him, like you said. But I think it was a way, but I think he was. What people don't want to argue is that he, he was more of a centrist. He probably has more in common mm-hmm. with Ronald Reagan than he does with like John F. Kennedy. As far oh, as true, very true. Because the because everything is shifted to the right. You know? Mm-hmm. Every all the politics. Like now, you know, now the far the what used to be the far right is just the right wing, right? To the right. Yeah, everything you know. And so everything that used to be like liberalism has moved over towards like now it's more on the it, they would be more like the old liberal Republicans used to be. You know, but they're mm-hmm. now it's much more and I really felt in a lot of ways that Obama was like uh, like more like an older old school Republican than he was, uh, you know, like a, a Democrat, you know, an old school Democrat. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's how I feel about Joe as well. That's why I'm not like, I'm very far left. Like I'm on, like I'm one of those people where I feel like in a perfect world, like we, we're the only animals on this planet that pay to be here. No one, mm-hmm. none of the other ones do that. Like none of the monkeys, the horses, <laughs> squirrels, none of them, they don't pay to be on this earth. We're the only ones who decided that we want to do that. We're the only ones who decided that we should let people die because they don't have a magical piece of green paper. So, mm-hmm. like, for me personally, like, I'm at the point in my life where I'm like, I don't care if we're giving, you know, health care and if we're giving, you know, uh, Social Security or, you know, unemployment or whatever to people who are crackheads, who, you know, aren't going to go to school or go to trade school or really do much with their lives, as long as people are going to be cared for it and help because we have the resources for it and I'm tired of people dying who don't deserve to die and I don't know how we're going to fund it all honestly just tax the rich <laughs> they, well that's a, that's the thing we have a revenue stream and and that's why um, that's why everybody's pushing it's it's not the people on the bottom like people I know that are unemployed like we were Brent and I were talking about earlier we don't want to go back at, into a world that's just We've all got the coronavirus with no with no immunity, and we're just going to start packing movie theaters and stadiums again. You know, uh, yeah, I'm not doing that. Yeah, and but people are pushing for it, and the people that are pushing behind the people pushing for it are people who've got a lot of money to lose if the stock market doesn't. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because that's been the one thing that Trump's been able to point to, right? This whole time, no matter what he did, the Muslim ban, you know, kids in cages, you know, the Ukraine scandal, he's always been able to turn around and go, yeah, but look at the stock market. Look at the stock market. Well, the stock market isn't the economy. You know, mm-hmm. what you and I and, and, you know, you and Brent and I and my wife and everybody, what we do to put food on the table, that's what drives the economy. That's why the economy's mm-hmm. tanking right now because nobody's working. Nobody has money to spend. We have nothing to mm-hmm. spend it on. So the economy grinds a halt. So all these rich people are freaking out because they're, we cut off their revenue stream, right? Mm-hmm. They're not going to make any more money right now. And so, yeah. hey, you guys better get back to work. Don't you, aren't you bored? Aren't you sick of being at home? They're taking, they're taking your freedom. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and that's, that's a buzzword for those guys. They run out there and they'll strap on their AR-15s and now it's time to go, you know, Go fight for their freedoms because, uh, you know, but it's like you're, you're fighting to go kill yourself. Really? Mm-hmm. You know, you're fighting to go get this disease. And you're right. You're absolutely right, Spirit. We have the means to do this. Um, we have the means to take care of the lowest of the low. And we just don't want to do it. Like the, the people who have mm-hmm. all the money don't want to do it. And, it's great, man. And we're hamstrung because if we take a day off, like, you know, you hear Europeans ask, you know, why don't you just, why aren't, you guys should be rioting in the streets. And it's like, well, if we take a day off, 
we lose our job, we don't have insurance. You know, our, mm-hmm. our insurance is tied to our work, you know, so they've got you, you know, they've got you boxed in. You can't do anything. You can protest and you can, we can protest on the weekends, right? We can go to March on Washington on a Sunday and when, you know, the president's probably out golfing anyway. So, <laughs> right. So it's hard. I mean, but you just got to keep fighting though. You know, like that's the thing, like. You know, I know a lot of Bernie fans were uh, were were really upset, but it's you gotta if you, you gotta credit Bernie with one thing, even if he you know even if he does drop out completely because he suspended his race, he didn't drop out yet. But I mean, yeah. I know he's back Biden, but um, if there's one thing, he's changed the conversation because now you have things like Medicare for all, which would have been a pipe dream even during Obama's administration. Right now, people are talking mm-hmm. about it. It's you know, he's moved the conversation back to that, to the left, you know, you know, uh, mm-hmm. free college that's in the comp. Now it's like, who can provide us with that? And now a whole generation is plugged into that. A whole generation of new voters is like, Hey, yeah. Why isn't this a good idea? Why can't we have this? Why do I mm-hmm. have to walk, gra- you know, graduate with, um, with, um, a-, a ton of debt? You know, I know my daughter's thinking that, you know, and, I'm, and, I, and I don't I'm want to already 50 grand in the hole. Yeah, that's and, and Brent doesn't want to pay that. I know that because he's got criterion stuff coming. So yeah, I mean, right. <laughs> and I'm not even done with my degree yet. Like I've got two and a half more years. 50 grand. Yeah. And I went to I went to community college, too. I got my associates. So it's supposed to, it's weird. Like our whole teaching program here is about five years. If you can go at least 16 to 18 credits each semester, like full time, um, because we have to do like field study as well. Um, but I went part time, got divorced, took a year off, all that. Um, I've been going full time for the past uh, year and a half. Um, but really just at like 12 credits because I also work outside of school. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's taken a long time to, you know, get a degree just to do a job that's going to pay me like $12 an hour. <laughs> yeah. What 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 level do you want to teach? High school. Okay. Yeah, it's hard. And you know what? Uh, honestly, I have a lot of friends who are teachers. Uh, Tawny, my old co-host, and Raul, who comes on the show sometimes. Uh, and a lot of – you're putting a lot of money into it. You're buying a lot of your own supplies. You're spending mm. a lot of time outside of work. Um, you know, you don't just punch out when you're a teacher. You go home, you grade papers, you go home and you, you know, get to come in early, set up the classroom and do all that stuff. And yeah. we, I mean, we need teachers. It's an important job, you know, like mm-hmm. that, that we, what are we going to do without teachers? How are you going to, I mean, people are finding that out right now. I think a lot yeah, of I'm about to say, oh, yeah, yeah. people know now. Parents are losing their minds. Like I follow a lot of these uh, Facebook groups for teachers and stuff. And it's crazy the amount of like, just lack of patience and it's just crazy how people like literally think that teachers don't do anything like just for one class i had to do um uh, mock lesson planning which included uh 10 documents that i had to turn in as part of my final not 10 pages 10 documents <laughs> and it took me and we started on this entire process at the beginning of the semester it took an entire semester for us to finish just learning how to lesson plan and being able to lesson plan under like four different modules. Wow. There's so much that goes into teaching that a lot of it, I don't think is personally necessary, (laughs) but that's just because there are people like me who kind of can grasp things and already have a knack for teaching. So like the things that they have to teach you, you're like, yeah, I get it. 
Well, there's but, all, yeah, it's, 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 it's also different. it's also training methods that have probably been done forever. So they're like, well, that's the way it's going to be done because we've always done it that way. And so yeah. mm-hmm. that's probably – there's probably a lot of that too. But um, that's crazy. And I hope – I mean, good. I mean, I admire anyone who goes into the teaching profession because it's a lot of work and a lot of it's thankless work. But we need – I mean, we need it. We need edu- – we need it. I mean, I don't understand why people are so against education. Like uh, what it is – well, it's really the power. Like people don't want free college because then how are you going to – think you're better than you're somebody else if you if you went to college and that person didn't right it's just a way to <laughs> that's just a way for you to judge yourself against somebody right so if we give yeah. them if we give them free college hey if all the blacks and mexicans go to school what's going to happen to me <laughs> man and you know that it's just crazy Oh, yeah, I was gonna say, you know, that's a lot of it too. You know, they're thinking. Oh fuck yeah! You know, oh, they're yeah. thinking. You know, like the, the school I go to, it kind of like because I started off at community college, which is like super diverse, and then now the college I'm at, it's it's diverse, but like not nearly as much majority white, and majority the majority of the kids like they're eighteen, so they're like five six years younger than me sure um everyone's got like their parents paying for everyone even like even the ones who are like 21 22 about to graduate their parents are paying for everything like their car notes and their parents name like we literally did a survey and i was the only one in my class who paid their own phone bill (laughs) and it's just like crazy because like we were talking about like um privilege and you know different backgrounds and stuff and like we were talking i was being honest with my class i was like yeah like i came from projects like my mother had me at 16 years old i was out here in section eight in the projects with ebt stamps at the end of the month all we had in the fridge was spoiled milk and american cheese singles block of cheese and like singles so like I'm from the struggle, like, and I'm in the same position as you guys are. And I didn't get here because of the, you know, supports that I had for people who, you know, paid for things. I got here just because if I didn't put my mind to it, I wouldn't have anything. And a lot of you guys got here because you had parents to pay for everything for you. Yeah, people forget that. And I think people forget that uh, it's hard. We were talking about this. uh, My wife and I were talking about this the other day because – we were talking about the people out protesting and stuff and, and, uh, you know, it's all the people that, um, like th- those are the kind of people that when you try to talk to them about white privilege, they should just shut down. And the first thing they say is, well, I'm not rich, right? They'll say, I'm not rich. And it's <laughs> like, no, it has nothing to do with money. Like, don't, it's not right. the same as like, it's not the same as coming like, it's not like Bruce Wayne privilege. You know what I mean? It's, uh, well, mm-hmm. it kind of is, I guess Bruce Wayne gets with a lot, away with a lot too. Uh, but, um, but, you know, if you weren't like, it's like, it's not privilege. It's, it's being able to not have to think about the color of your skin all the time. Yes, sir. Right. Like, like, listen, like, listen, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say anywhere. I'm not ever going to try to say that what I, cause I've, I've dealt with racism before and I'm never going to say that I've had it hard as like, let me say, let's say a black kid growing up in South LA or something. Right. That is mm-hmm. a whole different level of of the odds being stacked against you. But I've, I've experienced racism myself and you do think about things. Sometimes if somebody says Mm -hmm. a certain something, like let's say I go somewhere and they, you know, they tell me, Hey, the restaurant's closed or whatever, or we can't serve you right now. It might be legitimate. You're having plumbing problems, 
But there's always going to be a little part of me that says, I wonder if I wait a lo- uh, wait here long enough and somebody else walks up that doesn't look like me, are they going to get rejected? Is that are, there, are they going to get rejected too? Like you have that in your mind sometimes because you experience it enough time, time, right? Um, and it's like they like they can walk into a place and they'll just take the benefit of the doubt that the guy's not lying to them. You know, <laughs> they'll just be like, okay, they must be having plumbing, plumbing problems. You know, the first time me and mm-hmm. the first time my wife experienced it because my wife was a sheltered white girl from the suburbs. God bless her. <laughs> but we went to uh, we went to a store. We went into a shoe a shoe uh, store uh, to look at sneakers. And then I had a we had come from a bookstore, and they uh, made me check my bag. Right, I was carrying the bags. Mm. And then when my wife, so we didn't think anything of it. But my wife started looking around, going, "That guy has a backpack. That guy has a bag. That guy has this." And she was the one that went to the. It was like in Get Out when she's yelling at the cop. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. Just calm down. And she's like, why aren't you mad? Why aren't you mad? She wanted me to be mad, you know? And I said, you you, you pick your battles. I told her later. I said, you pick your battles. I said, you've seen it for yourself now. And just know that I'm never going to come here. And I'm going to tell my family and I'm going to tell my friends, don't go to that shoe store because they're, you know, because of this and they won't go there and guess what that shoe store is not there anymore because they did it to enough people in a in a neighborhood where you get a lot of you know there's a lot of latino people in that neighborhood so they that shoe store is not there anymore you know because i'm not going to change the guy's mind behind the counter like what you know if he's doing this all the time there's nothing i'm going to say that's going to change his mind and if anything i'm going to be the one that's going to lose my temper and i'm going to be the one the police are going to drag away you know Mm-hmm. So you just gotta, oh, you know. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things where you try to explain that, it, but the definition of privilege is too broad, and the, our definition of racism in this country is too narrow. Because if people don't see somebody wearing a hood or doing the, you know, Sieg Heil, then they don't believe it's racist, you know, and mm-hmm. and that's where the problem is. We don't, you know, people don't understand privilege and they don't understand racism, and so they intersect a lot, you know. So, yeah, like I had to explain to my mom recently, like um, most people, I think, assume I'm Hispanic um, by how I look because that's how I get approached a lot. Mm -hmm. And I'm used to just experiencing like racism and angularism um, from black people, white people. Like I get it. The only ones I don't get it from are are Hispanic people because they assume (laughs) I'm one of them. Yeah, yeah. They just come up to you and start speaking Spanish. Yeah, all the time. All the time. Mm -hmm. So, like, I flex with the Hispanic community because I used to. Before I found my dad when I was 14, I was told I was Hispanic. So I went like 14 years thinking I was Mexican and found out I was just white. <laughs> so I got mad love for it. Hispanic. Man, I that's, <laughs> if I, I don't know what I would do if I found out I wasn't Mexican. That would really bum me out because it's like, that's oh, my it's so crushing. <laughs> it's so, so crushing. Oh, but yeah, like uh, I was in a store here and this black woman was approaching me like just really hostile and like getting my face. And then my mom rolled up and was like, this is my daughter. And like, her entire demeanor of how she was like interacting with me changed because she realized I was black. And my mom was like, I was trying to calm my mom down. My mom was like, why aren't you getting mad? I'm like, I go through this every single day. It doesn't matter if I'm in a black neighborhood, if I'm in a white neighborhood, like literally the only place where I won't get discriminated against is a Hispanic community. But then I got to worry about ice raiding it and getting taken (laughs) into custody. So, but like, and like I had to explain to her, like, I'm not, I was like, I know how people view me. Like I'm already aware of what people think when they see me. And this is like every single day. If I did like argued with someone every time they were racist towards me, like I don't have enough hours in the day for that. (laughs) 
Yeah, you, you'd be fighting it. You'd spend your whole life fighting. You'd never stop. You'd never. It, it would be a, a constant for you. It would consume you. Oh, yeah. Like, there is so many things. Like, I have to overcompensate my blackness just for, like, the community to understand that I'm one of them and to be accepted. And even then, there's black people who aren't going to accept me. The white community, I give up because they ain't ever going to accept you. <laughs> to white people, it doesn't matter how white you are, which I'm technically more white than I am anything else. But they ain't never going to accept your ass. Like, I'm going to recommend a show to you, Spirit. Um, and Brent might like it, too. It's called uh, Hentified on Netflix. Um, it, lo- it looks like gentrified, but it's hente. I mean, you know, I mean people hentified, and it's just, it's about a taco shop in East LA. But it covers a lot of it, it, it covers a lot of what you're talking about because it's this neighborhood that's trying to fight gentrification, and um, mm-hmm. and it's it's but it's everything that you've talked about. It's everything like you know, it's the it's the struggle to be to maintain your identity. And it's the struggle to, um, and they do it from like the the point of view of like the grandpa's an immigrant and the kids were born here. So then it's the idea of the kids who kind of like, um, they, one of the kids, and this is the, the part I related to you. He's part of a culture that's hostile to him because he's not Mexican. So all the Mexicans from Mexico he works with are down on him because he's not, he's not real Mexican. Right. But then, it, and, mm. and then he finds himself in a position where he's the only one that can defend him defend them because he's born here and he's a citizen and he, they can't deport him. So it's like this weird dichotomy where you're living in a culture, but you're not necessarily completely 100% part of that culture, you know? Oh yeah. I've gotten that too. And so I'm sure you, I'm sure you feel that way. (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm sure you feel that way sometimes spirit, because you're, you're part of two cultures, you know? And so, and sometimes you don't feel at home necessarily in either one. I'm sure. Oh, yeah, because, like, there are times where it's, like, like with Brent, like, well, with my dad, he tried to relate to my blackness by, like, a lot of, like, old school oh, thug music and gay music. Sick. And, like, I was very super religiously, and so I did not relate at all. So did they listen to this? It felt really patronizing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and that- then there's white stuff. Like, I, I love white music. Like, I love Jason Mraz. I love Paramore. I love 21 Pilots. I've been to two 21 Pilots concerts. We'll go every time I can. But at the same time, like, I also love Tupac, and I love, you know, I just, it's, my music taste is eclectic. I think that's where it's mostly mixed up, because, yeah, I still listen to, like, reggaeton and, you know, mm-hmm. all that other stuff, you know, Daddy Yankee and J. King and Maxima and stuff. So it, it, it's a mix-up, but I think the best thing that we can do sometimes to understand is, like, there's a lot of broken parts in America, and a lot of people are lashing out because they're hurt, and not necessarily because that's their full belief a lot of time people reflect onto you you know their insecurities yeah like i went to a store with a guy i was dating who was obviously black and a black woman approached me and told me that i shouldn't date black men that i need to leave them for black women and stick to my own kind (laughs) and like for me that wasn't like was it rude yeah i didn't argue with the lady because you must be hurt because you feel as though Maybe you've tried dating black guys and you keep getting passed on for a white girl and you're tired of feeling like your blackness isn't worthy enough. You're reflecting your own pain onto me, which I'm not hurt. But, you know, once we are ready to have that talk and to work through things and stop fighting each other and and fight the system, we ain't going to get nowhere. You're absolutely right. And see, my default mode is I get angry and I want to argue. And I realize sometimes that sometimes I argue myself out of like if I had just been cool, like I would have opened a door and we could have maybe had a dialogue, 
but mm-hmm. I immediately just went to brown rage. So now me and that person aren't talking. You know what I mean? So, you know, I mean, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not one to get physical, but I will like um, – an old coworker of mine said, I don't like to argue with you because – if I, he goes, if I, if I do like a Pearl Harbor and say something, he goes, we don't fight World War II. You just dropped the bomb. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I try to yeah. get that way, you know, just because you want to end it quick and you want to have the last word. And so mm-hmm. I get that way where I get like, I'm so mellow, but once I get angry, that's it. And then it has to come out and it all has to come out. Like I don't do like, oh, there's, yeah. there's no half measures. Like once you rile me up, it's gonna. I'm gonna go until I run out of steam, and then, and anybody that's in my way is gonna get. It's like War of the Worlds. You're gonna get a blast of that ray. And uh... yeah, I feel you. I was that way for a long time too. And I just what I started noticing is that like when I got wrapped up with my anger, like I started realizing that like because I was giving way to my emotions, which I'm not saying don't feel your emotions. You're human. You have to feel them. That's what makes us, you know alive and you know yeah. makes life worth living is feeling stuff but you gotta have a certain control over it because like i just started realizing i started sounding stupid as hell because i'd be so angry i'm starting to trip over my words i'm forgetting the facts i'm using to argue with this person and then i'm getting caught up in my emotions and i can't you know come across as bright as i want to yeah. and the, the conversation just it goes left and so i'm one of those people where like i know that I can say some ruthless stuff. I grew up with two uncles who riffed me and played the dozens with me since I was born. So I can hurt people's feelings. Like, I, that's not a problem. Like, I've, the adults in my family have gotten cussed out multiple times because I don't play that you're older than me, so I respect you. I, I play that respect gets respect type thing. So uh-huh. I'm one of those people that people think have it, but, like, it just got tiring, and I got tired of making myself look stupid. And then also I have anxiety, so when confrontation starts... Like, I don't feel safe until the threat is annihilated. <laughs> I don't like and to you, get that far. And you so got to be the like one that you got to be the one to annihilate it. Right. You, you're the one that you're the one that has to put it out of your way. Right. You can't depend on somebody else to do that. Oh, yeah, because I don't feel safe because I feel like if someone's going to if I get riled up, someone's going to get riled up. And I don't know what they're willing to do, because if you put your hands on me, like it's not going to be good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, you, I think you're, I think you're safe with I think you're safe with Brent. But I just want to know, if Brent, is it true that. Can you hurt Brent feeling Brent's feelings? Because I know you can't. I know you can't phase Brent. That, that's what I know. I've already been phased. It's, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like you and Brent are a good match because he. I feel like I think like his silence sometimes is good for you because you can just kind of go there and just unload it on Brent, and he's not. He's just going to absorb it all. Not not in a mean way, but like if you're if you're stressed mm-hmm. or you just need to get it off your chest. Like, Brent's probably a good listener. Oh, yeah. She does that a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's one of the things that I love about Brent, honestly, is he's my sounding board. Because, like, there are times, man, like, I, I, I try to be really open and honest about, like, um, my mental health issues. Like, I have PTSD and bipolar disorder and anxiety. So, like, my mind sometimes, like, it'll go from, like, zero to 100. Like, it's a perfectly great day. Nothing's happened. Things are going good. All of a sudden, my ass is depressed. And I'm having flashbacks and looping thoughts, and I'm just like going on a rant. Pull her close to me, start rubbing her hair. Oh yeah, her her hair and puts her to sleep. Oh, there you Knocks go. me out. Every sleep. Time. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I don't catch on that he's doing it until it's too late. To, like my eyes are already like I'm fighting to keep them open, and I'm just like, oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> he's a Jedi, baby. He's a Jedi. That's cool. But that's good. I mean, that's good that you have somebody because. You know, and it's good. Like I, I've been telling people that have been talking about the quarantine that, 
they'll be like, you know, I've talked to a couple people and they said, man, I'm really upset or this, I'm angry. I was like, you know, I tell people it's okay to have those feelings. Don't feel weird. This is a weird situation, right? Like, or I think we're so in this country, we're so like, we're almost like ashamed to show feelings. You know what I mean? Or ashamed to be, I mean, just feelings you don't show. Like I don't walk into a, I don't walk into a, you know, a regular restaurant just with brown rage all the time, you know, but, <laughs> um, but you know, if, like if you, if you, if you conf- confiding with someone, it's okay to tell if you do, we're broken. We're all broken in one way or another, except for Brent. Uh, so, I mean, I feel like, I feel like you, you need somebody like that. My wife is definitely my, I, I have, I'm not, I don't have anxiety, but I think a lot and I hold a lot of stuff in and then I got to let it out. And I, I'm a worrier. I worry about stuff. So, and my wife's so mellow, like she's going back to work every day, like working at, she works at Target. And I'm always like, I would be so nervous. I'd have 10 masks on and a gloves and gloves and all that stuff. My wife comes home, you know, just, hi, how was your work? Oh, it's good. Takes a shower and she sleeps like a baby at night. I would be up all night going, oh man, like. <laughs> I'd be taking the Silkwood shower like four times a night to get up. And um, so I think we're, we're in the same boat there, Spirit, where we, we, we found somebody who it's a nice balance to have that. So I, that's why you indulge them on buying all those Blu-rays. Hey. <laughs> yeah. More coming. <laughs> I mean, like, the thing that is great about Brent is that, like, he we have a lot of like similar experiences and he understands things that i've been through because like brent believe it or not is the first person like who's the same skin tone as me that i've been with (laughs) so (laughs) the great thing about that is when we go out we don't get those like double looks from people like why are they together yeah yeah but like he also (laughs) understands like some of my dilemmas with like racial issues and stuff like so i love that i finally have someone who understands that with me um but like we came from the same like you know background financially like you know and we've had like our families different but very similar and you know we've gone through a lot of different stuff so it's nice having someone who gets me yeah. You know, and just like who can not only just listen, but also like they have some background knowledge. So, you know, that they feel and understand you. Well, that's when I when I first started listening to the podcast, I used to be fascinated because uh, uh, Brent was uh, so he was a good host and you could tell he was excited about doing this. And the, <laughs> the, the movies that he liked, he was picking all these, you know, he'd make references like Mystery Science Theater. And then you found out he was like this angry. He had an angry youth. He was like, you know. <laughs> He wouldn't, and it's like that does not sound like this dude. You know this this guy that I'm listening to. This guy sounds like he's happy. You know he just he loves movies. He just wants to share his love of movies with his friend, and you know they just want to you know make jokes. And it was I really, but it, those stories used to fascinate me. Like when he would when PJ. I think there was one day where uh, it was a few episodes in, but PJ told the story of like you guys told the story of like how you first met and PJ went up to you and was like, what's up? And you just like, you just ignored him and he just wouldn't, he P, punches PJ being PJ just kept at it. Like, what are you listening to? Like, you know, and, uh, that story really made me laugh. Cause I could see young PJ being that way, but I get it. But it was hard for me to picture Brent that way. And so it's when I think about it and I think of what a transformation it's been to, to now to where he gets on the mic and people like, Listen, man, I, I love – I'm saying this not to kiss your ass. I'm just saying this as a, as a fan of the show myself. Uh, you know, I was already many years into doing this, and 
Yeah. Uh, and, you know, this is like a hobby for me. So I, I think I told you early on, I didn't put the effort in uh, to really start advertising the show until a lot like, you know, you came in, you've been doing it a couple of years. You have a big following now. People know you. You're guesting on all kinds of shows. So you've really made this like your like this this really this passion, this little passion project for you has really turned into something that, you know, like I told the I try to tell the podcast crew here, it's not gonna make us rich. But yeah. for you, it's definitely been enriching because I think it's really, you know, you have people out there that are big fans of the show. Um I'm I'm in your I'm in your fan group and I'm a freaking I have my own <laughs> podcast. And I'm in the home video hustlers, you know. I don't go in there all the time, but because I mean, I it, I don't want to look common. But um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it's cool to hear because I, you know, from where you started out and to where you are now, like you've really, um, you, and you're really open with everybody about where you were and where you are now. So that's always kind of cool. Oh, yeah. That's always kind of cool. So it's cool that now you found the spirit. Like your whole life, think about it. This whole section of your life is like you have a record of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's crazy. If you guys ever have kids, like you can see, like, oh, this is this is my dad before he met my mom, and then this Ooh. is my dad and the, my mom when they were dating. Like, you have a whole record of it. Like, that's crazy to that's think crazy. about. You know what I mean? And she came in earlier in the game. Like her first episode was she popped up on. Well, she popped up before that, but the first one she spoke on was the Dolomite episode. And that's like thirty nine, and we about just about to put out what. 152. Damn. Over 100 episodes she's been here now. The thing that's crazy about Brent is like, and I love this about him because like, I love a challenge. Like Brent oh, is one of those people that when you like, if you don't know him and you see him, he's intimidating. Yeah. Like he, he does have like that. He's very quiet, reserved. Um, and he's got that glare on his face constantly. <laughs> like that's challenging you. Like come up and say something to me. Say yeah, hi, I dare you. But, like, with me, like, he is so affectionate. Like, even from the beginning of our relationship, like, he's always been so, like, very, um, not emotional in a bad way, but you've just been, like, so, like, loving and oh. caring and just, like, he's so affectionate. Like, I swear, this man kisses me at least 20 times a day. Whoa. Like, We're going to edit that. <laughs> We're going to edit that out because we don't want we don't want people to know that about Brent. He's got a, a, a reputation to uphold. I know, right? all, all my all the women listeners are like, "Oh fuck him!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't make it hard for the rest of us. Don't make it hard for the. That's good though. See, Brent, I mean, like, leave it. If you're looking for a girlfriend. You, oh shit! <laughs> you you have an affectionate side, Brent. See, that's something we never knew. He is. He is so sweet. Like literally, he is the most affectionate person I've ever been with. Dang, Brent. Sounds soft as shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, about go, I'm about to go punch somebody on the street now. I'm gonna. Like, that's, I love that about you. I, I love that you're so standoffish because it's just like I feel like I have like this secret key to unlock this like part of Brent that no oh, one else shit. like knows. I'm gonna I'm send. Like, I'm yeah. gonna send Brent the gift right now on on uh, Twitter of. Kobe shaking his head saying soft <laughs> to Dwight Howard. <laughs> uh, see, I, gotta go, I gotta go fucking do an MMA match now and shit. He's not soft, he's loving. I think the tr strength, true strength chosen uh, comes in how kind you can be to You know, oh. that, that's a thing. That, again, that's really where, what, what really struck me when I was listening to the early episodes was him talking about being an angry youth because he didn't seem to be, like I said, he was so jovial and a good host when you'd listen to the podcast and he had so much fun with his friend that you're like, I just can't imagine this guy being silent and angry, but, uh, you know, I'm glad it worked that was out. That the thing back in the day is that I, even with like with PJ and once you get past that initial period that she was talking about, like I've always been like that, just 
if I don't know you, I, I, like I told her before, like everybody that's been in my life that has like stayed for a long time and is still here, all approach me first. I've never approached none of you, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> everybody just came up to me. And that's the thing with now with the podcast. Like, because before you try to talk to people and everybody be like, oh, you weird. You know, you talking about Godzilla movies, Mystery Science Theory. Get the fuck out of here. Did I send you the message first or you respond? You you liked me first. I liked you back and then you messaged me. Oh, see, yeah, you liked me back. So there you go. See, hey. But you liked me first. (laughs) But you liked it back. Uh, (laughs) But now with the podcast, though, it's like there's a bunch of like-minded people and shit. So it's like, oh, I'm more open to talk now because now I feel like I'm talking to somebody that's going to be like, man, shut up. Or just be like, they just give me that look like, I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. And I'm just like, I feel wasting my time, so I'm done now. That was the thing with PJ is that he was, I was listening to Run DMC, and he could ask me a bunch of questions. Like, what I'm listening to in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, what's the plot? Who's, what is he setting up? Yeah. Because there must be a bunch of dudes trying to do some dumb shit, so that's why I'm getting ready to just start swinging. Mm-hmm. But he was legit trying to find out what I was listening to, and then from that moment on, he's been my best friend and sister. That's cool. <laughs> that is a, that is a the match made in, uh, that is a match made in heaven right there, you two. Mm-hmm. It's perfect because it works. It translates to the podcast, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, and now the spirit's in there, and now you get the you get the mix. And then when the spirit gets going, you just like you said, you just sit back and you're cool, yep. and then you just <laughs> jump back in when it's time. It's like okay, it's time. Oh, my tangents. <laughs> Well, that's the thing about it too. A lot of people have asked that because they're like, you know, me and PJ would always get into certain topics, but never as much as like her and PJ do. And that's because I don't. I can sum up a lot of my feelings on things with like one or two sentences. Her and PJ will go on and on about it. Almost like y'all were just doing just now. And I was see, I got quiet there too because I'm like, I'll just come in like, bye bye bye. Yeah, I'm done. That's all I had to say. PJ. I love PJ. <laughs> I really do love PJ, but he aggravates my soul sometimes. I love it's it. Like, no, PJ, no. <laughs> I do love when you guys have a good back and forth. I do love it. I'm like, here we go. Here we oh, go. Started on the first episode with her. They that Bodolo episode they went at it right at the uh, beginning. Cause he was wrong. <laughs> and I'm trying to I care enough about PJ that I want to set him on the right path. <laughs> I, I just want you guys to know that while uh while I was giving well, we were giving that big speech about racism and all that stuff, I look over and my my daughter's playing uh, Animal Crossing and she gave me the she gave me the she raised up her fist and she told she mouthed fight the power. I was like, Yes, hey. <laughs> Yes, it's in here. My little half, my little half white. Uh, my favorite quote from my daughter one time: We, we went to see Coco, and uh, she cried. She cried at the end, right? She's, and we were walking out, and she said that movie made me proud to be Mexican. And I said that really got me. Mm. And then the next day, she told me she goes, Dad, I want you to know I'm proud to be Mexican, but I'm also a basic white girl. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's okay. <laughs> I'm about to say that's pretty much the spirit too. That's it. It's well, you know what? I but we've always been. Hopefully, I hope. I we my wife and I have always encouraged her to, to know that she is bicultural and that you know that mm-hmm. you know she's got it both and like one's not better than the other, although one is. And um, and we wanted to we wanted to just you know celebrate the the fact of who she is. You know that it's it's two people that that made so. But um, it's funny though because I think she's. She, she, my family is harder for her to deal with because we're loud and we're, you know, we're minorities, right? We're ethnics, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> but that's the one she identifies with. Too much drama. Yeah, we're, we're minorities. That's what we do. Funny. Yeah, that's I can it. tell you, white families aren't no better. You should see my white family. Hey. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, ain't even the word. It's just families. I think that's just a family thing, a family trait, and it's true all over. But it's fun to see uh, her 
kind of in, kind of walk that to kind of see how she navigates it. But she's um, she's funny though. It's funny that she's 15 now, so she understands everything we've been talking about, and she's just staring at me. But <laughs> yeah, but uh, what time is it now? We my my clock actually reset on my. Uh, Oh wow! I think That's I went over forty-three here. Dang. Okay. What I'm going to do is I'm going to split this up episode up into two. That's what I'm I was wondering if he's going to do that. <laughs> I'll do part one, part two. We'll do it two different days, back to back. I'll cut it when the spirit comes in. Boom. I was about to say pre-spirit and post-spirit. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And what I'll do is I'll just do a little drop in the beginning, and say, "Hey, I had a conversation with Brent. This ends in a weird blah 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 blah," and that'll go on for twenty minutes. See him giving you content. Now you got two episodes. You're gonna keep it moving. Dang, man. I gotta drop like so many episodes so this week. Uh That's Brent right. we're... Soul to Soul, keep on moving, don't stop. No. There you go. Brent, where can we find you two on the interwebs? You can find us on the interwebs on Twitter mainly, and that's at you well, actually I gotta say it this way now since it's not our show. There are two pages. It's the main show page I run now, and you can find me at Capital H, capital E, capital H, capital P, lowercase I cast, HVH podcast on Twitter. The spirit is at what? The spirit nine five. That's numbers nine five. There you go. See, so you got it's a catchphrase now. You got to say all of it. I follow them both. PJ, even though he's not here, you find him on Twitter at Paulie PJ, capital P, lowercase A U L Y, capital P, lowercase J, Paulie PJ, and he has music on SoundCloud at six one four P underscore music. Dang, and he that check. Please check out PJ's music. He's a legit. Hey, uh, just put out a new mixtape. Mm-hmm. He's sounding good too. Oh, and and uh, in the HVH podcast on the main page, in that bio, there's a link tree with all the other links, Patreon, and all the different. Like, if you want to listen to Apple Podcasts or Podbean or Spotify, all that shit's on Twitter. Boom. One link. Boom. And you're also this week on uh, everything I learned from movies with Stephen Izzy. You're talking about oh, you're on, uh, Fast, Fast Six. Fast Six. Yep. And if you want to scroll back one episode, you can hear me talk about Fast Five and how I don't hey. understand why you would dump Thor's wife for Michelle Rodriguez. I slam my own people <laughs> on that one. I slam my own people on that one. But, uh, yeah. I, I Sometimes you got to do it. <laughs> sometimes sometimes you have to, right? But um, you got to. sometimes you have to. Uh, it was really nice talking to both of you, Brent. It was. It's always good to catch up with you. And, oh uh, yeah, same here. We'll do a one-hour podcast one day just to see if we can do it. Never. <laughs> my, Never. My my daughter. Sh- my daughter's shaking her head. Her head. Well, listen. The, she know too. <laughs> listen. The only reason people do podcasting is because they love the sound of their own voices, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So of course. Well, I knew that one. Listen, you get your. <laughs> when I die, when I die, you're taking over my podcasts. And no crosstalk. That's the number one rule. You're going to call Brent and he'll tell you what to do. He'll tell you exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he already knows. Get the bullwhip out. Get the cruel people and yell at them a lot. The, the, the flaming bullwhip was the gift you always sent to whenever. <laughs> whenever I, I bring that back. Yeah. It was that one and the sausage one were always the, the two that would uh, make, oh, yeah. make the rounds in the. But. Um, yeah, uh, Spirit, it was very nice to talk to you for, for uh for a length of time. I've talked to you here and there. And of course I hear you on the podcast, so it was it was nice to talk to you. And good luck with the rest of your school. Thank you. It was great talking to you, Mark. Yeah. I gotta do this again. Please please do and hopefully you guys will be out here soon. And we'll go to uh hopefully. we'll go to all the not so nice places, but it's okay. Hey. Those are the delicious <laughs> spots. 
all the soup complexers and the home video hustlers ain't gonna know what to do. They're man. not gonna know what to do. They're not, people are gonna be like, people are gonna be crowded around the podcast studio. Well, they crossovers. Usually, <laughs> we haven't done. I'm bringing, we, I'm bringing bad movies too when I come out there. Bring them out. Bring it. Bring everything. I have a separate suitcase for movies. I'm gonna just put everything on that hard drive. <laughs> There you go. I There's was just I was just telling movies on there. I was just telling John about the first time I ever watched Netflix. We went to a Isabella was a baby, and we went to a hotel. I forgot where we were, but I remember I took my laptop and I had a Netflix account, and it was like streaming was free because we used to get the discs. And mm-hmm. I remember the first time I watched the movie. I watched the whole movie, and I go, "This is cool," but I don't want to watch movies on my computer. I don't think this will ever take off. And look at streaming now. It's all <laughs> we do. There you go. That was it. That was it. Trivia question for the next time. What was the first movie I ever watched streaming? I'll give you guys a hint. It was a Chuck Norris movie. All right. That's the question of the day. Brent, I'll give you one guess. USA. No, it wasn't. That was your guess. Spirit, Spirit, do you want to? Nope. No. Was it? The one he does with Bruce Lee? No. That would have been good. (laughs) Nope. That's all. That's it. If you have an answer, shoot it to our... Our page at Soup Complex. Our Twitter at Soup Complex. This is it, guys. We're finally saying goodbye. For, <laughs> for real this time. For Brent, for the spirit, for myself, we say this transmission ends now. And as always, you want to say it, Brent? Fight the power. That's it. 